0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to a very special episode of the Right Way podcast. I am so thrilled to have on today's guest, the amazing Georgina Cross, who not only shares the same literary agent as I do, but she is not only a fantastic writer. She is such a fantastic human being, is such a champion and cheerleader for other people's work and has had such a long path to publication. She not only did not give up when she, you know, when we were when she was like years into this process of trying to get published, she had the most (laughs) amazing thing happen to her That's kind of the stuff of fairy tales. And it's really, really an interview about perseverance, I think, and the tenacity that she's had along the way.
1: Absolutely. And I think like one of the most interesting facets about her journey here is that she has kind of pivoted and leveraged all of her success, which happened you know, during a pandemic on a digital platform, she's leveraged it into a traditional publishing contract uh, with Penguin Random House, her forthcoming book, Nanny Needed." I-, I mean, and she's also, she's like you said, like just a, what a supportive person. And she's got a great spirit. She's got a great presence. She seems like a delightful person. Uh, and she's definitely a friend of Right Way and a friend of the show. So we're really just like, Super excited that Georgina could come on.
0: And her books, in case you haven't heard of Georgina or you want to check out her work, she released The Stepdaughter, which was a wild success, and then followed that up with her most recent release, The Missing Woman. And then also has another book coming out in October with Ballantine Penguin Random House, called Nanny Needed. And she just revealed the cover. It's available for pre-order. It looks so amazing. So not only is she so amazing, she's highly prolific. I mean, she puts me to shame with how quickly she writes. But we hope you sit back and enjoy this super inspirational and motivational Conversation with the amazing Georgina Cross. Hey guys, welcome to Right Way, a podcast where we give you insight to make informed decisions about your writing career. I'm your host, Rhea Fry, multi published author and CEO and founder of Right Way.
1: And I'm Joe Tower, writer, media producer, and Right Way's executive editor. On this podcast, Rhea and I will take an inside look at the publishing industry with honest and straightforward shop talk.
0: So when you do get published, you'll know exactly what to do the right way. All right, Georgina. So first of all, can I say how fun it is to have you on the show? (laughs) Um, So for our listeners who don't know, Georgina and I share this same amazing agent. And I actually remember sitting with you before Writer Fest in Nashville a couple of years ago, I think it was. And you had not yet sold a book, but then all of a sudden, like fast forward, you get this amazing two book deal with Book Tour. And then at the exact same time, you <laughs> sold a book to, you know, just this little old publisher called Penguin Random House. <laughs> so you, all of a sudden you went from, you know, shopping your books and aspiring writer to a multi-published author. So can you talk a bit about how in the hell this happened? And also the span of time from when you first signed with Rachel your agent to when you landed that deal with book a tour and then penguin random house.
2: Okay. Yeah. Awesome. And I just want to say, I'm still geeking out that I'm talking to the two of you. I feel like uh, I'm having this weird out of bite. I just I love it.
1: <laughs> this is, I love to be buttered up right before yes, yes. we get started. I can't <laughs> tell you.
2: I'm like fangirling over here. I mean, I just listened to your episode yesterday. I listen to it every Tuesday when it comes Well, to- thank you for
3: being oh, such a local Thank you. Fan. Yes.
0: I mean, you're always so supportive that way, which is why you're such a successful author. So. Oh
2: well, you're sweet. Well, yeah. So to answer your question, um, and and it's funny. Somebody just I did did q and A Q&A with someone last week, and she made a comment about, you know, gosh, you're just churning these books out. You're it's just happening overnight. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 this is not overnight. And I think both of you can, can yes. agree with that. Like mm-hmm. there is no overnight. This was a four, maybe five year haul. You know, it's still a haul. Like we're still working every day. Um, but I met Rachel at a pitch fest at a writer's digest conference in Chicago. And I almost didn't catch the flight. I was, I was at work and I thought, no, I need to cancel and something said, no, I should go. And so I went and I really didn't even enjoy the conference, truth be told. Mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. was kind of like, meh, um, and was really more looking forward to the Pitch Fest, which, you know, as a lot of people know, it's like a dating, like a roundtable, fast dating um, experience between agents and authors. And I thought, well, at least this is the action part of the conference that I can maybe get something out of it. And Rachel and I just connected and um, we kind of gushed over suspense books and, a few weeks later, she sent me an author, author letter, and so I started getting to know and learn about her other clients, and that's how I learned about you, Ria. And I was like, "Oh my god, she wrote a book in a month!" Oh, god. <laughs> it's so. <laughs> and then, like two months later, a month later, maybe less than that, you got a book deal, and I was like, "Wow, this is amazing!" And you know, Rachel on the, on the other end with me is like, "We're still getting no's. <laughs> And so I kept writing and writing, and I kept following you, and I went to your, I don't know if you remember, um, I I drove to Nashville for your book launch. I do. Yeah, I was so excited, because I see you, and you're like in this amazing black, no, white. Jacket with your hair in the oh sun. my god you do really remember oh I totally fangirled I was like I want to be her and why oh, can't god. Rachel sell my book like she sold um, come on Rachel <laughs> yeah come on Rachel and so anyway yeah I mean long answer but it it took you know Rachel stood by my side for four years and um, you know, in the meantime you're like putting out a book a year and I'm watching you and following you and just like so in awe and so proud and uh, and then crazy, but last year, like you just said, she sold the two-book deal to Bookature, and I already had a couple other books in the wings, because, you know, you never stop writing, even yeah. when you're waiting on sub, um, yeah. and she sold the Valentine Penguin Random House book, like, a month
0: later, and so it was all just, I kind of, mean, yeah, one I moment. literally, can I just say, I literally screamed when I I think you texted me or something and I was, I mean, I just freaked out for you because you have always been so supportive. And I will say like, you're one of the most supportive writers before you got published too. Like, I think that really speaks to who you are. You were very generous with offering support and reviews and just always standing by authors um, before you became published. But then it's like, boom, once this happened for you, I mean, you have surpassed. (laughs) you've definitely surpassed me, you've surpassed so many authors that I know. And it's just incredible. I think it's such a testament to your patience, to your kindness and your generosity. Um, it, well, it, I
1: also think it's worth noting, and I think it's such a great observation you made, Georgina, about how industries, you know, definitely the book industry, obviously like the film industry, like loves that story of like, of the overnight success. And they always transform um, like all of the work that you put in that like four or five years of work and waiting to say nothing of the time before that, they always distill it down to like, uh, you know, some kind of reductive, like, this is a, uh, what an overnight sensation. And it's like, no, no, I'm toiling forever.
2: Yeah, they well it's so romanticized. And you know, totally. there is. There's you hear about the the person. Like, you know, Rhea, your story was kind of spun that way too. And then I thought that and, and then I was like, wait, she's written nonfiction books. She has all these health books. She and then I learned in a podcast episode you did a few weeks ago. I had no idea about the book deal you had, like were you in college or
0: Oh my God. Yeah, that <laughs> was my first novel. And I just don't talk about it because sure it, was, it was such a I was so excited, but it was, was, I was 22 and it was such a disastrous, um, foray into publishing. And I, yeah, I mean it, I just tried and failed, tried and failed, tried and failed. Like, yeah, I got published, but it just was never what I thought it was going to be or what I wanted it to be. Um, so it was a long, long time before anything ever really hit. Right.
2: Yeah, and I think that's the case for so many of us. You know, you'll hear we've been writing since we were kids or in high school or yeah. in college, and it's all just this big learning curve. And eventually, you know, it's it's all about like you you said the word patience earlier. That's the key word, mm-hmm. I believe, is patience and and dedication and determination. Like you just have. You know, people ask me all the time. They're like, "Give me advice on writing. What's the, the simplest?" And I'm like, you know, I could sit here and give them a ten minute description of all the things. But when it really boils down, and especially if I don't have the time and I just want to answer this person quickly, I'm I'm like literally it's just put your butt in the chair uh, completely.
3: Yeah. I mean every day,
1: right? At, like day after day. Like don't yeah. 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 There's
2: so many books and how-tos and it really frankly boils down to getting the work done and there's nothing, you know, what is that saying? There you can't do anything with a blank page. And it's so yeah. true. It's um, so true. Yeah. And so I feel all three of us, we, we share the same pain. We've all been there. You know? <laughs> we're still there.
1: Well, well, let's talk about where you are now. Let's uh, I'm, you know, I'm so we're both so curious and fascinated by book couture in particular. And, you know, we have a lot of listeners. We, we talk a lot about all the different paths to publishing. And a lot of people who listen to the podcast might not be familiar with not only book couture, but how a traditional digital publisher works. So can you talk a little bit about how it works and why you decided to go with them?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. So I had not heard of Book Couture either. I mean, just frankly, they weren't even on my radar and Rachel was pitching my book. The first one didn't sell. And then the second one, and then I had a, another one written. And so she's out on sub and we came close with a few like um, Amazon, like union Publishing. There were a couple that, that came out to us and, and then, Oh, Rhea, your e- editor at St. Martin's Press. Like, I
0: know. I was so, uh, fingers crossed for her. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was so close and it was crushing, but she eventually, they turned down um, the book that eventually became the stepdaughter. And so, you know, I was like, okay. And and then um, Rachel out of the blue was like, hey, there's this um, digital publisher and I'd never heard of them before. And for, for a lot of listeners that don't know this, because I certainly didn't, um, they also accept unagented Yes, the yes, they do, Ooh, which is amazing. Yeah. Which is so cool for a lot of folks, and there are quite a few authors I've got to know in the book tour community that do not have agents. So, like they, you know, payday comes and they all get their royalty check, and they're shouting about it in the Facebook group that we have. And the ones with us with agents are like, "Tickety talk." We wait a week and a half later. Oh
3: my god! <laughs> yes,
2: completely. <laughs> no right? And and they don't get a cut, like you know. But I'm like, I'm all about, you know. Rachel works so, oh my God, she's stuck
0: with me for so. Oh my long. gosh, she's incredible. Yeah. Yeah,
2: and I'm like, I, I need to give you more money. Here's gifts <laughs> for your babies. Um, yeah. <laughs> and here's another baby blanket. But um, no, so so book does take So I encourage authors. You know, if you've yes. got something, you've you've had it edited well, you have paid someone professionally to help you out. If it's at that stage, submit it to. To book a tour or try to get an agent, whatever you want to do. But yeah, we signed with them. Frankly, Joe, to answer your question because there was no why did I decide to go with them? At the time, you know, I thought, well, nobody else is buying the book. And I was getting mm. so impatient. Um, and I thought, what the hell, why not? And what helped the decision is. Rachel, Rhea, and I had met up in Nashville for, was it Killer Nashville? What conference was that? Killer
0: Nashville or Writer Fest? Or, yeah, I can't remember. One one of those. those. And you
2: were panel, you gave a couple talks, Mm -hmm. and Rachel said it was awesome. She flew in and met up with us. It was the first time three of us got to sit down together and have lunch. It was so fun. And there was one panel discussion. I think you were part of it. Anyway, one of the ladies in the audience said, I'm with Bookature. And, I mean, as soon as that panel... Uh, um session ended i stalked her i mean i just chased her in the hall and i said what is your experience with them and her she lives in nashville and she her experience was so amazing she's a romance author um so she you know she's just cranking out books and they're selling like hotcakes and she said i it has been the best decision i've ever made they have a three percent royalty cut um it's one of the highest you'll find out there they're really fast and agile um they're so supportive and they're not huge and that really helped you know cement the decision on top of the fact that nobody else was
1: buying <laughs> <laughs> so, so no one else was buying but also this was a this was kind of a great move and like you said fast agile and they typically get they can get your work to the market quicker right yes
2: yeah. yeah it's and it's been so interesting and I know that's part of our discussion today is the difference between, you know, I'm with two publishers. I'm in a very unique situation to be able to experience what, what it's like to be with a big, you know, one of the top five, big five publishers with Valentine Penguin Random House. And they're amazing. And and to also compare it to my experience with Bookature. And and it's it's been really cool. You know, I've only been doing it less than a year. So at, the book with Valentine hasn't come out yet. So I'll have, you know, some more data points later we'll have to
1: have you we have to have you back on yeah give us like the full brief yeah
0: yeah yeah let's talk about before we yeah talk about your experience so far with the big five i want to talk about your launch with your first book the stepdaughter which number one was amazing if anyone hasn't read it and they're in the mood for a good psychological thriller suspense please buy that book it's so so great but you, you debuted so your first book you debuted during COVID. And I like sat back and watched, I mean, you amassed, like you're close to 3000 reviews. Now you sold what? 40,000 copies. Um, and I don't know over what period of time, but, you know, shot you to Amazon bestseller status. Like, what do you attribute that success to? Because being a viewer and, you know, you couldn't go out and do like the typical launch and all of that, How, how did that happen for you? Does that speak to the strength of the publisher and their digital marketing, or was it a joint effort with what you were doing as well?
2: Yeah, I think Bookature really, really surprised me in a wonderful way. I mean, and Rachel, you know, she she keeps saying it's going to be really interesting to see how this pans out for your career, because I think she's been incredibly surprised as well. Um we got connected with a, a fantastic editor maybe and her mm-hmm. insight is just she she's very blunt but she's very um the way she shaped the stepdaughter i mean it, it was it literally became night and day from when i first submitted it so i attribute a lot of that to her and her keen eye editing skill um and yeah they Bookatur is you know they're based in uk it was right. a former editor i believe who pulled out of one of the big five publishers and started this this group because he saw the trend in e-readership and e-books and he saw the marketplace for lower priced um books and i'll be honest with you when when they said hey we're going to launch your pre-order for you know a month or so before launch um and it's going to be 90 priced at 99 cents and i mean i i was like appalled sure right you put all this work in and they're like nope the the the, the algorithms you know work that the math works and we've, we've done a lot of research in this they will sell 99 cent books sell and they gobble it up and you know, certain genre readers romance in particular sense they fly through books as you know
3: mm-hmm. and
2: they will gobble up 99 cent books on pre-order now when it went to launch they increased the price but it's still they have a lower price point than most yep. publishers for ebook nice. now tradition like paperback i think it goes to like 11 12 so it's it's a little bit on par, but they have a huge international presence, mostly being based in the UK. They start branching out with editors focusing on US authors. So that's how I got folded in the mix. They have, um, they're have they getting more and more US authors and then authors in Australia, India, elsewhere. And they have this massive email list. I wasn't aware of that until I joined them, but they have this massive email list and they seem to have like, accrued this loyal readership because you know, a lot of them will read book books and only book books. And if they hear mm-hmm. one, they flock to it. So I really think that's what helped. And, you know, I was a brand new author. Um, I think the premise of my book was intriguing to, to a lot of folks, the stepdaughter, like what's this creepy girl on the cover? What's her story?
3: Completely. yeah. And I
2: think that, that all of that kind of came together in really amazing, surprising, wonderful
1: way. Uh, what, so like in terms of the launch itself, like what do you feel, or looking back on it, what did you feel that like you did or didn't do uh, during the launch? Any specific things that you think might have worked well for you in terms of, um, you know, that number of reviews or sales?
2: Um, yeah. So, with you know, you guys mentioned the book came out in COVID. I've had two books come out in COVID. Yep. Yeah. one came out in January um you know of the authors I've known I'm, I'm like one of the few authors to already have two books under my belt and have never had a launch party I crazy. easy
1: <laughs> I hope I hope they don't like subdivide a genre and have like COVID authors <laughs>
2: <laughs> there, there are there are like not, routine book clubs there are groups oh, out there like pushing these people yeah just because wow. it's like in the day and age of COVID we all need the help more than ever to help push each other and, and sell books but No, I mean, I, frankly, I didn't do really anything that I can think of. Um, You know, I, I didn't do, I just emailed Ria like a week ago and you sent me that huge list, which is so helpful, but I didn't reach out to anybody for interviews or lives. I was frankly terrified of doing a live. I've gotten over that now. Um, I've only done a few, but, but I think what helped me is the months leading up to the book launch. I was starting to post little teasers and I have a marketing background. So I've done a little bit of social media here and there. And, and it was really nice to see, you know, there were friends from high school, like coming out to me on Facebook saying, we're so excited. We've never known an author before. We're totally going to buy your book. Awesome. And oh. I think just through the power of like friends and people, honestly, I hadn't talked to or seen in years. <laughs> they were, they we formed this little community online and it was great. And Man. their word of mouth really helped. You know, and then on top of what, because Bookature, they're different from like the bigger publishers, they don't set up a a tour. I mean, obviously we were in COVID, right. so it was all they they all they, they don't do a lot of um, they don't send out arcs, they don't try to get blurbs. Their their big thing was a couple articles they got me placed in and then a seven day blog tour. And they organized that whole thing. But yeah, I just kind of sat back and I was blown away because I really, frankly, went into this going, I don't know how my book's going to sell. It's COVID. But, you know, I think in COVID, a lot of people were stuck at home and they were reading. And if you've got a book priced for just a few bucks, yes. you'll go for it.
0: I mean, can I say how envious I am that you, not that you, I mean, cause you did, you did a lot of virtual events and you Post, like religiously, i'm I'm always marvel at how, like on top of that you are. but seriously, not having to spend you know, twenty thousand dollars on a publicist or do this crazy, you know, book tour, just get so overwhelmed with all of the things that you could do and still be so successful. I mean, i think I think that's a testament to the strength of your work. But also, Whatever model that Book Couture is doing, I feel like they're doing it really well and they're doing things slightly differently than some of the traditional, you know, other traditional publishers. Well, I think yeah. it is
1: probably more of a sign of things to come, right? I just uh, had the, yep. the right, the content platform Medium just bought, uh, just uh, acquired a, a digital book publisher. Or, oh, or, cool. yeah. yeah. So I think yeah. there's there's some kind of like, Channel building there as well, so I think this is we're going to see more and more of this for sure.
2: I agree. I agree. It's been a really cool experience. I mean, the downside is I'll never with bookature. I won't have a book in a bookstore, right? Like well, that
0: yeah, is that I mean, you know, and that that's definitely important. But I don't know with the trends and where things are going, like. Is that is that as important to you as selling right. your book or selling forty thousand copies or fifty thousand copies? I mean, that's a great question to ask. I think.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, I think it's more for me. This is just a personal goal for me. Like, you know, Rhea, I see your post. Like, oh, I posted Target on the end cap. I'm like, I want that.
0: <laughs> well, and you'll you'll have that, I'm sure, with with Valentine. So let's talk about that. Actually, I know that your book hasn't launched yet but what has your experience been like so far? I mean, everyone, you know, who wants to publish a book, of course they want to land with the big five and, and I mean, Penguin Random House is like the Mecca of all publishers. So talk about your experience a little bit so far, or is there really that much to talk about? (laughs) Uh,
2: No, I mean, so far it's been amazing. You know, it's, it's, Yeah, it's Penguin Random House. And it's it's like when I got my contract, I just stared at the logo. I mean, I'll be honest with you, when I made a folder on my computer for Penguin Random House, like I kind of had to sit there for a moment and just go, holy crap, like I'm it's just been amazing and I, I just feel so lucky and I, I still remember Rachel's phone call like she talked to me for 20 minutes before she oh goes
1: oh my god I just what an insane and amazing phone call <laughs> she have. was
2: just like how are you you know how is it going we talked about kids because my kids were having to be home um with virtual school it was, we were going crazy anyway and um she just had the you know the second little boy and then it was like, oh, and by the way, but no, it's been good. I mean, to answer your question, uh, my editor, and she is incredibly, I don't, the best way to describe her is she's so classy and professional, right? Yeah. Like, I feel like, not that Maisie is, and Maisie's amazing, but there's something about Anne. you know, the word she'll use is, let's raise the bar here to have yeah. your writing be more sophisticated, and we're going to change right. this section up a little bit to really polish this writing um, to a certain standard, and she's made me work really hard, and Interestingly, that book hasn't been through a huge overhaul from its original draft, but she um, or the draft she saw. But it, there are definitely sections that she's taught me so many things. She likes to do lots of phone calls,
3: so oh, we'll have our nice.
2: yeah, we'll have like hour long calls, and um, we've really gotten to know each other. And and I don't know if that's new, right? Like, she's working from home in Brooklyn. So is her, her fiance, so maybe she has more time to do this with clients. I'm not sure, maybe pre-COVID, which is crazy. Um, and she wasn't able to do that, but with, it' it's been, it's been really good. and um, you know and, and but here's the thing, and you hear this and read this all the time. The bigger publishers, you know what's the word here? Quite frequently. They're slower. Yes. yes. <laughs> they're just they're like the giant cargo ship, or should I say cruise ship. Let's make them a cruise ship. They're like the beautiful cruise ship in the ocean. And if they want to maybe head due east, it's like, I mean, an undertaking to get them to kind of move that way. And it's nothing against them. It's just, you know, with Tour, it's Maisie and maybe two levels, three levels above her. And I get an email response within a day. And if it's not a day, it's like the very next day with an apology. I mean, they're just on it. And it because they're agile. They're smaller. They're nimble.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: With with a bigger publisher, as y'all know, it just takes longer to get a decision made. There are more people she has to clear stuff with, and um, you know, right now, the book doesn't come out to October, so later this month, I believe, we'll we'll get to see um, the final book cover and be able to release that. Um, but you know, the, the perks with them is they are going to send out art. She's already yep. assembled a list to get author blurbs. She asked me for um for authors. Correa, you're on the list. Yay! (laughs) Um, You know, for people, for authors to get blurbs from. For the cover, she asked for my input. Did I have ideas? Did I have themes? Book of is very much like, they make fast decisions, but with that comes, they come up with the title, they come up with the cover. Right. And it's done. Um, the, The title nanny needed Rachel actually came up with the title. It's been more collaborative with Penguin Random House than I thought it was going
3: to be. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, can we talk real quick about how how the launch uh, uh, of your book with Penguin will will change, or and do you think the your approach will change, given that you won't have like the same amount of digital support? I mean, right. will, will they hire a publicist? Will you, will you have a typical tour? What do you think, how do you think this is going to be different?
2: I th- the, What will be different is um, where I have two publicists assigned to me for Book a Tour. It's very like cookie cutter. I mean, they don't do anything differently for another author. We're all kind of the same, which is nice. So it's very, you see it roll out and I'm like, yep, they just roll this out for him or her, it's how it's going to be for me, and it's been really cool. But with this group, I feel like it's more catered. Like, so I'll have a phone call with the publicity team. I'm hoping later this month as well, and um, that's exciting to me. And you know, I, I wish I could go meet them, but I, I think it's all going to be Zoom calls for the rest of this year, maybe. But um, it'll be interesting to see their plan that they roll out. I don't know by October if they're going to even bother planning a book physical tour, just because. Mm-hmm we may not all be vaccinated. I'm not sure what the restrictions will be. For this, personally, for me, I will finally have a launch party. God yeah. help
3: us.
1: <laughs> Bravo. Um, no,
3: exciting.
1: Well-earned, a well-earned launch party.
2: Yeah, for real. I actually wrote a, a post in this like 2021 author group saying, I don't know how other authors launch books when it was pre-COVID with everything, like Ria, you were on lives like every other hour. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, I was exhausted watching you. Yeah. (laughs) And I was, I like literally had a day launch where I just sat in front of the computer in my pajamas and responded to every tweet and every Facebook post and didn't do any lives. And I was completely tanked. I don't know how you guys do it. No, it
0: yeah. The, the launch day, I think I said that to you, but like, it's not, it launch day is my least favorite day because I'm just responding all day to, mm-hmm. to people. You know what I mean? I mean, it, what a great problem to have, of course, but it's, yeah. I mean, when I think about doing the 50 events and doing like in-person events and I mean, I'm not sure we'll go back to that, but it makes me so tired thinking about it. And because I've been yeah. at home for a year, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm gonna be so lazy. I get tired when I go to the grocery store. Like <laughs> it's going to be, <laughs> it's going to be a uh, super challenging. Well, cause um, when your next book
2: comes out, when?
0: So it doesn't come out until February of 2022. So this is the okay. first year I do not have a book coming out and I'm kind of, you know, happy about that quite frankly, to just kind of you know, reassess, really be intentional about this launch and yeah, trying to figure out what I want to do and what I don't want to do, um, any longer. Um, can you speak to, so you went from not being a full-time writer to literally being a (laughs) full of a full-time writer as you possibly can be. So can you take us through a typical, day now for you and you know if you have a word count how many hours a day you're writing and then just also like what the biggest challenge around that is like during covid
2: okay
0: well i mean i am in pajama pants
2: right yes that's right as we all
1: are that's why
2: this i'm wearing a
0: jumpsuit i have these jumpsuits that (laughs) look like pajamas i mean they they can like dress up or down but they are so comfortable that's my my secret yeah
2: that's the part i mean i I was really, you know, I, I worked full-time in corporate America for like 20 years. And I was so sick of it because I knew my dream was to write. I just was like, it's almost there. It's almost there. I can just taste it. And um, my kids were getting older and I just felt frazzled, like trying to do the office and get them to their stuff. So when the book started to, the contract started getting signed, you know, I said to my husband, I would like to, to go to a part-time job. And the rest of the time, right? Because frankly, I didn't know how I was going to even finish doing, you know, writing and turning everything by contracted due date. So that was making me nervous. Um, I was already working seven days a week with my writing schedule and I was burning out. And I said to David, I am so afraid of burning out and I'm so afraid of burning out on writing because that's not what I want to burn out on. And he was like, all right, let's start looking for a part-time job. And lo and behold, this woman that i had gotten to know through my chamber of commerce job She, a huge business person, wonderful in the community. She said, hey, I've I've always wanted to write a memoir. Will you help me? I'll hire you as a part-time person for the rest of the year. And I was like, what? (laughs) Oh, This like could not, I couldn't have dreamed it better because I was on, you know, monsterjobs.com looking at what could I do as a part-time receptionist at a, you know, uh, aerospace defense contractor to to have a part-time paycheck. And here she is saying, you can stay home and just write, all the time and write my stuff too. And so that was my green light. I was like, goodbye, chamber of commerce, love you. And, um, started working, you know, every day on writing instead. And yeah, my typical day, I get up pretty early just because the kids have, um, well, they're back in in traditional school now. And, um, my husband goes to work, the older two are in college. So we're a blended family of four boys. So the older two are like very self-sufficient and leave me alone but um yeah I mean it's great like I, I work in the morning I can finally work out you know that was always my thing and, and I was just so tired when I came home from the office and then there was another basketball practice to drive to now I can exercise in the afternoon and most importantly I'm here with my kids like I've got yeah. a teenager a high school kid one in middle school and if these are the years I really need to kind of keep tabs on them if you know what I mean
3: mm-hmm. yep. <laughs>
2: And I need to be around to watch and also just to spend time with them. Like we've, we've watched more movies together. We hang out together. It's been really, really lovely. And to know every hour of my day is put toward writing is like, it's like the dream come true. I just, oh God. I had to see it out. You know, I could have given up so many times, but.
1: But I also think there's like a very good lesson in here, which is keeping an eye on your ability to commit to the writing, which it reached a point where you're like, "This is the thing I don't want to burn out on," and being able to communicate with your husband, with your family, and make make a concession or make a decision where necessary, and opening yourself up to the opportunity of working on that memoir part time, um, which is something that you really did. But you were looking out for the writing pro- for your writing at, at every at every point, which yeah. I think even. I think the idea of, and I know not everybody has this ability, but I think always looking out for the writing is very important because I think a lot of times, I think there are a lot of great writers who just continue toiling at that full-time job and trying to write also. Are I you mean, talking a about lot- tower? No, no, no. <laughs> no, I,
0: but what I a, don't. Uh, I mean, I'm sitting here listening to Georgina and I'm like, oh my God, I, you know, do not carve out that time. But I think it's just
1: a good lesson. I think there, I think, yeah. yeah, And I think that a lot of people do burn out. I think we probably don't have, we haven't seen the work of a lot of great authors because they burnt out as aspiring writers trying to do Mm -hmm. both and saying, once I get that big deal, that's Mm -hmm. when I'm going to be a full-time writer instead of saying, no, I have to look out for this. I have to protect this. Um, because And and that might be part of the process at some point, especially when you know you're close.
2: Yeah, I think burned out is a fear. I think, you know, in the same age, just the amount of money that we find oh. necessary to keep us going, like Insane. being comfortable and having things in the things in the house and the, the bills that we need to pay. So we'll stick with the full time job. But, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is people might give up writing. And it's so sad. The rejections hurt. I mean, yeah. yeah. They, they tell you not to take it serious or personally, but it does because it's a it's a it's a no against your writing or your story or your idea, and I think some people after a year or two of that that could really just they like I'm done, throw my hands up and I'm but I just I I think for me I enjoyed the writing so much that even while I was getting no's and I was like nope I'm working on this new project and they're gonna say yes to this one
3: yeah. I just
2: know it. Yeah. And I love the writing so much on the weekends. If the kids were sleeping, I'm like, well, heck, what else am I going to do? I'll, I'll write for a few hours. Um, and I enjoy it. And, you know, and, and they've just, they, have you know, my, my kid, I put this in my acknowledgements, but my high school kid, they used to kind of tease me when they were middle school. Cause on the weekends they were like, mom, we're starving. We want breakfast. And I was like, shut my damn door, go away from me. I'm writing like, this is my, this is sacrosanct time. You know, I would yeah. like turn away all other I didn't see friends it was all okay. reading and finally my high school kid said to me the other day he was like mom I really respect the grind oh, and amazing. that just you know for they watched me and they saw it and I hope to god that this is you know my thing to them is stuff does not get handed to you in a silver platter you have to work for it If you want it yeah. that bad you have to put in the time and you have to earn it and I hope that they've picked up on that and you know it sounds like maybe at least the 15 year old did (laughs) well
1: it's great yeah to know that there's no cavalry coming for you like you are the cavalry yeah
0: well I mean writing we've talked about this before but it's one of the only professions without any guarantees I mean you can toil away day after day after day but like other jobs or other professions there there is no like one path to success and it can yeah i mean rejection waiting like it's it's all part of the game but i think if you adopt that full-time writer mentality first and just again focus on that craft um i mean you can be like georgina and amazing things can happen oh
2: you're you're sweet something else i want to point out too that's been interesting is um you know, to temper expectations, because, you know, yeah, you hear a lot of authors who are like that, that first book, my debut, I'm going to sell millions and retire and live on a boat. And it's like,
3: mm, nope. right. Yeah.
2: So temper expectations there. And the second way to temper expectations is what I experienced is, you know, my first book did really well. Like, I think we're now close to 60,000 copies, which it's
3: amazing. Just is
2: amazing. Like it came out in September and the stepdaughter is still flying strong and Book is really good. Like, to answer your question from earlier, they're really good on um big on Facebook advertising, not so much an Instagram presence, but I hope uh-huh. that's changing. A bunch of us keep asking. But they spend a lot on Facebook advertising. They do this huge email list like we talked about. And they're also big on the Kindle Daily deals because you know a lot of their readership is ebooks. So they push Kindle Daily. They just got me a Kindle monthly deal in Australia for a full month. Oh. So they just they just focus on like all these territories. They're very like outside the US too, which is super cool. Well, anyway, you know, the missing woman comes out in January and it's just, it's not selling as well as the stepdaughter, but it's still selling. I mean, I'm selling like close to a thousand a week. I I can't believe I'm even like complaining about Yeah,
0: That's, that's amazing. It's
2: amazing, but it's not as, and I'm getting comments from people going, Oh, it's just not as good as her first one, or it just wasn't as fast paced. And so now you know, Rhea, I'm sure you experienced this too. Like you start competing against yourself. Yep. <laughs> and, and so when the Valentine book comes out, I'm sure people are going to be like, wait, it costs $18. Oh, and yeah. I'm so used to paying, you know,
0: $4 for Georgina. Well, and you might have a different audience for that though, too. Yeah. You know maybe, what I mean? yeah. It'll be different advertising. It'll be a different push, but you're right. I mean, I think there's such magic around that first book. Um, I have a friend who's releasing a book uh, next week. And I mean, the magic that's surrounding it, the momentum, the dreaming, the, it's just the fanfare. There's nothing like that with your debut. It never quite, I mean, in my experience, you can never quite capture that same feeling. And sometimes even the success of that first one. I mean, my first book was by far, the most successful um, of all three books to date. And I think we always get in our heads like, okay, the next one, the next one's going to be like, uh-huh. even and, and yeah, you do start to compete against yourself. So it's, it's a, it's an interesting internal.
1: You should thing. almost just publish every subsequent book under a new pen name. So there's <laughs> never anything <laughs> to compare Maybe it to. <laughs> so that's your writer hack for that's the right. day, every yep. day.
2: Yeah. You're like a debut author 10 times over. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there we go. There we go. It's totally messed
2: you with your social media, though.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that would be tiresome. Yeah. Um, these are all great lessons and all great advice. Is there anything else, any other advice or lessons that you would give um, aspiring writers?
2: Yeah, it's it's what I said earlier. I mean, if I can simplify it any shorter than this, it's just you got to do the work. You got to put yeah. your your butt in the seat, or if you're at a standing desk, I don't care what it is. You just got to put in the hours. And, you know, something else I tell people too, is, um, you know, they're like, we just don't have the time. I work my kids. And I'm like, I understand I've been there and I'm still there. So what I advise is just don't kill yourself. Say, okay, this yep. Saturday, like I'm big about my calendar this Saturday, I'm going to slide, you know, slot out an hour And this is sacrosanct. Like no one is going to get in the way of this one hour writing. And then, you know, do that every Saturday, commit to it. A few months later, it may turn into two hours. A few months after that, it's now Sunday evening. Then it becomes Friday night. And, you know, there are people that do the 5 a.m. Writers Club. I do not want to get up that early. But for some people, it works (laughs) for them. Um, Elizabeth Gilbert. I I don't know if you guys read this. Of
0: course, love her. Yeah. She.
2: She. I don't know if you know this quote where she was like, giving writer's advice, she said, you know, if you were having an affair, you would find the time. Ooh.
0: Ooh, I oh, I love that. Oh, my right? God. Yes. And it's well, so you true. know, <laughs> it is
1: so interesting. And, and Rhea and I were, were, were talking about this. And, um, you know, we, we've, over the course of this month, because um, we, I mean, we both lament this all the time. The idea of like, yeah, I, I mean, I'm typically at my computer working from like five in the morning until six or seven in the evening. And taking that time out to, like, you know, get eat lunch or, like, go on a walk or something like that, it is so easy to say there is no time, but there truly is time if you want to find it. Yeah, Uh, but the two of you
0: are also running a full business, right? Like for writers. Yeah. So it's a, it's a constant, I I do put my client's work first and that is something I'm, I'm coming to understand about myself and I'm really trying to find hacks, um, to also treat my work as importantly, but it's a, it's definitely a balancing act. But as you just said, Joe, I mean, we spend on average four hours on our phones every day. So I'm yeah. sorry if you took that time and spent it writing. Oh my yeah. god, you have yeah. a book. You'd have a book in a month or even less. Like it's so interesting. Um, so before we finish up with a very fun lightning round of questions, um, what has been the biggest lesson you've learned as a published author? Do you think
2: to get thick skin? I mean, I read the reviews. And I kind of just roll my eyes and laugh. I know people who won't refuse to read the reviews and I'm like, Nope, I'm going to go read them. because I I it, <laughs> Yeah. It's so intriguing to me and I don't let it get to me. So yeah, that's been the, one of the things I didn't realize I was going to be, but yeah, I am. Yes.
1: Way. That's, that's awesome. good advice. Um, so this is a new thing that we've been doing on the podcast. We'd like to finish up with our, our guests with, with, as Rhea said, a lightning round. Um, so we're going to ask you a series of questions and we just ask, that you respond with the very first thing that pops into your mind. Okay,
2: that's frightening. The first yeah, thing that pops into my mind. It. You can do it.
1: Are you ready? Are you Are ready? Are
3: you sure um, you want me to say that?
1: <laughs> yes, we, absolutely. Okay. Um, first question, best writing advice you ever received?
0: Uh, keep trying. What about the worst writing advice you've ever received?
2: Um, gosh, compare, you know, look at these other big, big authors. And I just, I just, with the huge advances, it's like, it's not even apples to apples. It's not even the same. You can't do that.
1: What is the best thing that's happened to you since you've been published?
2: Working from home. It's been a dream come true to be able to do this full time.
0: What about your biggest author goal?
2: Oh, I'd love to... Make a list, that is the first thing that came into my head. Isn't that awful? It's such a no,
0: no,
3: it's
2: not. <laughs> no, that's the best. It's the first thing that came to my head. And I, uh, secondly, is, is seeing my book on a, in a Target bookshelf or Barnes & Noble
1: bookshelf yeah. and cap just like Rhea Fry.
0: How's oh, okay. ah,
1: I love it.
2: <laughs> well, it's what,
0: gonna happen. So get ready.
1: What is one thing that you wish, maybe including yourself at the time, all aspiring writers knew?
3: that
2: all aspiring writers knew. Um, I think if we just knew and held held it in our hearts, frankly, that if you do the work and you finish the book and you work so hard to get it edited and polished, you can sell it, you know, or you can self-publish it. Like you have to finish the book and get it to the best you could possibly get it. And whether you get a a publisher, traditional, or you self-publish, you will have a book one day. My dad's a self-published author. Love the only people book. who read it are the family members but guess what he's an author and he tells people he's an author and I love it
0: I so love just that. don't give up mm. what do you want your writing legacy to be
2: oh my goodness that's a huge question I think I want it to be she didn't get published until past age 40 mm-hmm. and then for the next 10 to 20 years she cranked out some books she wrote like she was I don't know on fire that's kind yeah. of how I feel right now it's like I had to work 20 years in corporate America and get all these experience under my belt with family and issues and troubled times. And now I'm just going to crank out these books and write like I'm running out of time.
1: Love it. What kind of writing do you want to see more of in the world?
2: Just truthful writing. Um, I'd love to see original writing. You know, I, I'm such a hypocrite because a lot of my story ideas, I'm like, oh, there's, it's based on, you know, there's been a missing woman. There's been a thousand stories. I just read The the Chain. Have you guys heard of this book? Yeah, so
0: I, no, I have that book. Yeah.
2: I mean, it was honestly, unless somebody can show me another premise, I think it was the, the first original story I'd come across in years.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh. I've,
2: I've never heard of anything quite like The Chain by Adrian McKinty, and they're turning it into a movie. And I'd love to see more original stuff. I just, it's getting harder and harder, right? There's just so much out there. It's like, how do you come up with the one? original concept. But I think they're still out there. I feel like there's still stories out there that have not yet been told. And that's super exciting to me.
0: I agree. And who's a writer everyone should read? Oh, right. Rhea Fry, hello. Oh, come on. <laughs> bravo, bravo.
3: Yes, yeah, I mean, another one. And like, Joe
2: Tower, you're Yes, a thank writer, you. So we all need to like go read your scripts and, you know, hail uh, Joe Tower. Well, he's
0: He's working on a book, and we are going to get this oh, published, yes. so yeah. it's happening. It's oh, happening. that's
2: super cool. Um, Gosh, a, an author. I've really been enjoying um, – oh, now that you – she wrote His and Hers. Oh,
0: I know that. Yeah, I you know, know.
2: what her. I'm talking about? Um, she, she wrote His and Hers, and I've read, like, a whole bunch of really good books the last few years. Adrian McKenzie, I want to read. Noah speedy Alice Feeney. Is that right? Yes. And um, yes, she was amazing. And Claire McIntosh. I just got hooked yep. onto her. I think she's Scottish or Irish. She's mm-hmm. she's an author. I was like, Ooh, who? Amy Malloy, Good night. Beautiful. Amy Molloy, yep.
0: Oh yeah.
2: That thing halfway through, I was like, I just got flipped upside my head and that was amazing. A lot of books don't do that to me, but she pulled it off and everything all my preconceived notions about him and her completely flipped and I was like that was badass so yeah those are the authors I would recommend
1: amazing well this is fantastic this has been informative uplifting uh everything in between can you uh let our listeners know what is the best way for them to find you your books uh to learn more about you and how to get a hold of your books
2: so social media for sure. I know y'all aren't big on social media. I've been listening to your episodes. I'm like, <laughs> well, oh. you gotta you gotta do it though, right? Yep. The necessary evil it is. So yeah, I would say Instagram, um, Georgina Cross author. Twitter, I don't do as much on Twitter. I just I feel like Instagram, I get more bang for my buck yep. between connecting connecting between readers and other bloggers. Um, Facebook, I'm on there. G Cross Author Facebook page and my website. I think like my mom goes to my website every once in a while. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but most everybody else, you can just find me on, on social media.
1: Great. We'll put your we'll put your website URL in the show notes for this. So that's cool.
2: And can thank I just you. say one more thing? I'm gonna gush it out, okay. again. So you. I just wanna thank you. You're you are, you were the first person that texted me and you called me when I got the book deal you were the first person to send me flowers on my launch day. Like I got your bouquet before my editor's flowers arrived and my sister and mom.
3: Aww. And it just
2: made my day. And they sat on the counter and I was like, "That, you know, authors, I think that's something else I learned. You don't realize we're not, we don't compete. Like we're friends. No. We,
3: yeah exactly
2: because the more we read and the more we put out books the more books other people will read and then authors you're constantly reading too we're just like this self-feeding community yes. and we support each other and I was like oh my god she took the time to she sent
0: me flowers well <laughs> of course it's a huge deal and it was oh, it meant a lot thank you well you are so so welcome and I appreciate your support you've been so supportive since absolutely,
2: this is so fun and Joe, oh, you're you're a bomb.
0: Bomb. so glad so you're yeah you were on the show with us we appreciate it
2: absolutely
1: hey thanks again for listening to the right way podcast don't forget to subscribe, rate, review, and comment and help us continue to deliver the content you want and
0: need. For more information about RightWay, visit rightwayco.com to get more info on all our editorial and developmental services and sign up for our weekly newsletter where we'll be sharing exclusive content, access to digital courses, and offering proprietary resources for aspiring and established writers.